0: to uh, bring Steven back from last year because um, he's able to uh, really change his business model and do something unique and different to be able to to scale quite a large printing business using a very unique sales force and after managing hundreds of students around the country to help funnel and grow that business um, we got into an interesting discussion before about managing people and how to do that and let alone about managing younger people and how needs have changed. We were talking about that before and how people want very quick response and, and, and are different than 20, maybe 30 years ago. So I'm going to introduce Stephen Ferrick. He runs Campus Inc. down in Champaign, Illinois, and he's going to dive into managing Flaky Millennials. All right, Bruce, I need you to stay up here. Bruce, 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 Bruce. Uh, All right, so Bruce, what's good? Tell us something good. Uh, Ballast Point Brewery. No, no, not work related. <laughs> What's good? Um, Anything cool coming up? Uh, There's something uh, uh, next week, I think. I'm getting married in two weeks. First. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass plans a conference two weeks in advance. In this world. <laughs> Um, If there's anything you take away from my talk today, it's uh, when you talk to younger people, start with something positive that's non-working related. Um, In any meeting that I go into, I always just ask, what's good? Tell me something good. Tell me something that's not work-related, because it just gives them the opportunity. It lets down their guard, uh, and it allows them to really just connect with you very quickly in a non-worked work fashion. So, Bruce, congratulations on getting married and uh, and everything you've done. Round of applause again for Bruce for Printado, it's Pretty badass. Um, I uh, I've been using the platform for five years when Bruce worked on this part time, and uh, he didn't have an employee, any employees, and. You know, every single year just seeing the platform grow and having, you know, like, busting out of his office. You need more office space for all your engineers and success and marketing people. It's been really, really neat to watch it grow. So cheers to you guys for that. Um, positivity is, is contagious. Who's friends with Mark Houdre on Facebook? Okay. Uh, I would be a bad person if I blocked you, Mark, because Mark just posts, like, Zig Ziglar quotes all day, every day. Uh, and it's just positive. Um, and, and they're just like inspirational and, um, you know, I'm not going to unfollow you even though it's like all over my Facebook wall. Um, because positivity is contagious and it's, and it's a beautiful thing and, you know, there's some shops out there, just from following them on Instagram like Dom at Superior Inc and Barrel Maker and Rowboat and Printed Threads. I know without visiting your shop that your people are happy there. And if I were to bet, you probably have some younger people in your shop and so um, it's really cool to see it out in the industry, um, but you make your employees shine through your social media, and I'm sure they really appreciate it, and I'm sure they work a ton harder for you um, uh, because of that. So, um, like I said, my name's Stephen Farrig. Um, today I'm gonna be talking about managing flaky millennials. Um, now, let's just backtrack a little bit. I was talking to Bruce about this, and we decided we were gonna talk about managing millennials, and he's like, can you give your talk a little edge, or like a better title? I said, all right, let's call it managing effing millennials. And uh, he's like, no, 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 too edgy, too edgy, too edgy. And we're on the phone, and he's about to order this, and he's like, okay, we'll do flaky. And I'm like, okay, Bruce, flaky's fine. I asked Luke to send me the flyer on Monday to see what time I was speaking, and I saw that it said flaky millennials. <laughs> so I text Bruce, and I said, I'm going to look like a dumbass, Bruce. I'm talking about managing millennials, and I can't even spell, and I'm like every other kid in a print shop that makes all these pointless, stupid errors, and I'm talking about it. And it was your fault. So I, decided, so I decided to reprint them. And I'm like, hey, Bruce, I'll print them. You know, I've got uh, whatever, Sign365 it. And uh, just send me the file. He, he sent it to me Tuesday night. Well, I printed them. They came in yesterday. Um, and then I got a video from Bruce because I printed them upside down. So. Um. um so that's us. <laughs> uh, who here is born between 1984-1996? and 1996? Raise your hand. It's not your fault. Uh, I'm a millennial, and it's not my fault either. But uh, we're in a very interesting climate right now. Um, I think we're part of a very interesting um, period in technology and 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 you know human behavior. And um, unfortunately, in, in our businesses, you know we're not Facebook or Google. Um, we don't have uh, you know these budgets of, you know, beanbag chairs and unlimited kombucha and yoga and you name it. And so uh, managing millennials is a little bit harder. Now, by show of hands, who has someone between the ages of 22 to 33 in their shop? How many of them, how many of you like have ones that you absolutely love? Okay. How many of you have some that you absolutely hate? Uh, how many of you asked if they took their pills this morning before they came to work? <laughs> um, and so, uh, you know, I joined, I joined my business, um, I have two business partners, uh, they're both twice my age, they've lived in Champaign, Illinois their entire lives, and if you've ever driven down there, you'll understand why they haven't really left Champaign, Illinois, um, but they had run a print shop uh, as a family business, And I came in in 2015 just ready to stir it up. I'd gotten a degree in engineering, I loved marketing, I loved sales. Um, I'd worked previously for a sales company in college and I really wanted to to scale the business. Um, And what I quickly understood was that I was driving this way through this tunnel and they were driving that way through the other tunnel. And they didn't even understand what my tunnel looked like, okay? And uh, for the first year it was really frustrating because um, I was, working all night on these different applications and automation and hiring these kids. And, you know, they were really interested in me coming to their family business and learning how to print. And we would get into it because, you know, I'd work remotely (laughs) and they don't like that. Um, and I'd be up in Chicago being a Chicago kid with Bruce a lot. Um, and we were growing our sales, but they just, they never understood um, what I was thinking, what they were thinking. Um, And, you know, so for today, I I really wanna segment uh, when we talk about managing millennials, because it is very, very tough to take uh, an unskilled, I guess, millennial or or someone in that age group looking to grow into a family business um, and having them succeed. Has anyone just like, you know, I see it on the Facebook posts of like, Secretary didn't come in today, effing millennials, and it hurts me a little bit, because I'm like, come on, like, disgrace to the race, you're supposed to be stepping up to the plate, you're supposed to be coming in early, doing things late at night, like, helping these small businesses out, and I realize, like, not everyone's cut that way. So basically, every new hire you bring into the business, they should just watch this on the first day, right? (laughs) Um, At Campus Inc., here's your orientation. No. No. I thought I was watching that uh, just a couple weeks ago and uh, I thought it was super powerful because uh, it just you know, it resonated that the generational gap that we have, um, it has always existed, right? And there's always been disconnect. Claim one from, from watching this film is generational gaps do exist, okay? They happened with our parents and our parents' parents and there will always be a disconnect. The only difference is, two big things, Um, Facebook and the fact that I'm a product of the baby boomers. Well, what does that really mean for me? Well, I went to a good middle school. My parents got me into honors classes. Um, I made every sports team. I got my participation trophies. I was told I was special. I was told I could go to any college I want. And at the same time, um, while I was in eighth grade when I got my first smartphone, Okay, I was then a guinea pig for this social experiment. So now, while I'm growing up, going through puberty, being an adolescent, having everything handed to me, right? all of a sudden, the same stimulant that is in tobacco, alcohol, and gambling, called dopamine, was delivered to me as a millennial through Facebook and social media because I just constantly did this and checked my phone. Oh, I got a like and a share. Oh, I got a like and a share. Oh, I got another like. So what are we doing to what did we do to this generation, right? We gave them the same drug, right? That gamblers, right? Alcoholics, and you know what nicotine gives you, um, and we gave it to a bunch of 15-year-olds, right? Then they go off to college, they graduate from college, and uh, they're there in the real world, and now they're your problem. Okay. So everything's been given to them. We've got such low self esteem, right? Uh, we put filters on everything to make them appear good, and now I have a shitty job as a screen shooter. And now they're your problem, and now in some way you're supposed to manage them. And you can't get mad at their parents because that's just the, that's the cards that, that were dealt. Now I think the generations to come are starting to correct that, right? You see kids that don't have screen time, right? And you see kids that are limiting their social media use because we see the damage that was done to our millennial generation. So um, while you can laugh at us as much as you want, it wasn't our fault. Um, But what I'm getting at here is I want to compare our family businesses that we all run to a couple staple institutions that we use every single day and that's In-N-Out Burger, Jimmy John's, and Starbucks, right? I think the type of person that would go to work at one of these places could be the type of person that could come work at your shop. Would you guys agree with that? Okay. Um, And why is it that when you go to these places, you have the best experience every single time, right? And so um, I took a deeper dive into what they did for training, right? and uh, I was out getting margaritas with Josh the other night, Josh Keen from Thread Monster, and he made this statement, he said, small business owners don't spend time on their people because talking to your employees and getting them to know them doesn't make you money. I was like, whoa, that was pretty profound. I hope that's not me. But then I thought about it, I'm like, what do these other companies, Starbucks, Jimmy John's, and In-N-Out do with their new employees, and what do I do with my new employees? And if you look at the training schedule, they're public, you can go research them, right? At Jimmy John's, you get a menu for your first week that's like customer service. And it's all laid out on how a sandwich is made and how that chemistry happens when they're making sandwiches and how to deal with a customer when you're talking to them for the first time and how to, in their manager's guide, right? How to communicate downwardly. They actually had a thing called downward communication is like working the sub down the line. Right? And they do this thing at Starbucks where it's 24 hours with one of the managers, right? And in your first week, they have a game where they have every recipe on a set of dice, and they roll the dice, and you have to make the drink as fast as you can. And they practice it over and over and over again. And at In-N-Out, if you're a manager there, you make over six figures. You may pay for your college education, right? And they focus on happiness, culture, communication, right? Another one is like Chick-fil-A. Who's had a bad experience at Chick-fil-A? Right? It's amazing. (laughs) And you look at what these companies have done, and all they've done is they, they all sell a very basic product, right? But they focus on their people every single time, and their people are happy, they show up to work, and at least when I see it, they work really, 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 really hard. And then you throw them into a family business with little structure, and they kind of fall apart, right? And then you wonder, well, who raised you, kid, you know? And so, you know, you look at these businesses, and the things that they introduce are not that difficult. And I think we can take away some of them. And, you know, I spend um, a lot of my time um, with students. Uh, and a lot of shops will ask me, like, hey, how do you do this student thing? I meet with every single one of my students every single week. Whether it's me or Adam in the back who helps me run the company, I have to connect with hundreds of these kids, right? If I want to grow this business, I have to be there and I have to be present. Or in my management team, they have to be there and they have to be present. And we have to ask them every week, what's good? Tell me how school's going, right? What's new and exciting? What do you got going on this weekend? Oh, yeah, by the way, let's talk T-shirts for a little bit. And if I don't focus on that, right, they just don't trust me, right? And so we're taking them all to Canada next weekend for a sales retreat. uh, And it's going to cost a lot of money, but it's the thing they live for, right? And I don't pay them up heck of a lot of money. I try to pay them really, really well, but they're more into the family dinners, right? The outings, the um, professional development stuff that we do. Um, And they do this because of their why, and that's what I instill into them every single time. So when you go back to your shop, uh, something that I suggest you do is you put down on a calendar meeting times, right? And so um, we have in our shop weekly team meetings every Monday at 4.30. We close up at 5 o'clock. The meetings cannot last more than 30 minutes. Every week there's popsicles. I know this from Robo. They like have someone present every Monday morning, like a craft. It was like origami one week or something like that. Right? They have one employee presenting. And whether or not you have anything to go over, to get everyone around a family table and just to talk, right? it gets them away. It gets them talking, and they feel motivated to do it. Um, it's also really important that you do at least bi-weekly one-on-ones with every single person in your company. If not you, someone has to be responsible for those one-on-ones. And, you know, for my production manager, Dalton, he calls them darkroom talks. You know, like <laughs> he does them in the dark darkroom um, and they're like 15 or 20 minutes with every single one of the printers and they just talk, you know, what's stressing you out? What's important right now? What are you worried about? Right. And it's like, you know that printer who's there making their 12, 15 bucks an hour like they feel good leaving that meeting and One thing that we started to put in when we do our weekly meetings like they live for them They're like oh we need to do our weekly meeting this week And I wasn't gonna be here this week and they said are we still doing our meeting? I'm like yeah, you guys are still gonna do your meeting, right? So you can actually train your team right not to over meet and have like stupid meetings and stuff like that but to to strive for that human connection and you'll see like the fruits of that very, very quickly, right? I think it's also important, and I'm sure you do this, to do monthly owner's meetings, right? So you guys can all sit around the table, you can yell at each other, you can strategize, you can look at different things, but you come there with an agenda, and it's just crazy how many small businesses don't do regular meetings, right? And so if we, if I really dig down, this was taught to me um, by one of my mentors. I sold house painting in college, Did anyone get their house painted by like the college kids? Yeah, we probably messed up your house. But uh, me and like 100 kids, we did like $3 million in the state of Illinois, sold and produced within 180 days, okay? Um, I drove back and forth from Chicago to Champaign every weekend in the spring for four years of college to knock on doors, sell, and cold call. And we trained our entire team to do that. But the one thing we did every Monday in our management meetings was this management triangle. And so I firmly believe that every single employee needs to be tracked, taught, and inspired every time you interact with them. And that's what I call our management triangle. And every employee is going to be slightly different, but every employee needs a dose of tracking, teaching, and inspiring. And so I'm gonna talk about inspiring last because that is simply the hardest. Um, But when you track, teach, and inspire, you're giving them the daily dose of medicine that they need every time you interact with them. So let's talk (coughs) tracking. Tracking means holding your employees accountable. And you have to hold them accountable to something. If you can't figure out something, find something, okay? Uh, for um, our sales rep, or our inside sales, it's how many times she picks up the phone and makes outbound calls. I reward her every single week, and we track it on a Google Doc because I'm trying to instill, talk to the customers, talk to the customers, talk to the customers. So my Ring Central app will actually do an export from her line and show how many outbound calls she made and how long those calls lasted. We have this thing called SNS Bucks. Uh, I asked all my employees what they would like, like as a reward, and they said, we'd just like to spend money at San s and S. They've got nice things, North Face Columbia jackets. And so I thought about it and I said, okay, um, there's 250 working days in the year, roughly, right? 50 weeks or so. What if I give them a dollar to SNS every good day they have? Every single good day they have. I'll give them a dollar to spend at SNS. They can buy it at any time. Right? Or they can spend it all in a lump sum. And the crazy part about it is, I don't give them the dollar. They self-report every pay period. So every two weeks, they fill out on their iPad. It's like a stupid Google form. They say, this week, I'm giving myself four stars, three stars, two stars. And they have to explain why each day. And if they really messed up a job, they'll give themselves zero stars and say, I messed up a big one. Right? And so every time we go into our bi-weekly meetings, we look at this and say, what's your perception of how you're tracking yourself, right? We also track mistakes, um, and we make it very accessible. So on every iPad, there's a form, and it's like the error log. And so anytime a shirt gets messed up or needs to be replaced, it has to go through the error log. They have to find the dollar amount and how much it costs the business. And we keep a running Google Doc to show exactly how much money we've hemorrhaged in Reference, and what I actually do is I put a kitty of money in there, and we subtract every time. So, say it's a hundred bucks a month that we're doing to the production team. I'm just using some numbers, um, and they mess up twenty dollars worth of crap, then they get to split eighty bucks at the end of the month. And here you go, here you go, here you go. So every little thing we're doing, we're tracking. Um, we're tracking average job sizes. Uh, we even track like how many good photos did you take for Instagram. It works. She goes, I took 42 good pictures this week. Well, let's look at your pictures a little bit. Well, this one could be a little bit better. Oh, OK, it could be a little bit better, right? Um, and then comes teaching. Teaching is what we don't spend enough time doing continuously. We do it once, and we expect them to do it again. When I cold called for CollegeWorks Painting every Monday, we would practice our eye call. Hi, my name is Stephen Fair from CollegeWorks Painting. I stopped by your house this week and to give you a bid. Wondered if you had time to set up that call. And we practiced it with the kids every single week. It would take one minute, but I'd just say, hey, let's practice our call. So that when they called, it was second nature. And what I didn't realize is like, that continuous coaching, that's what made us so slick on the phones. Right? And what you can do in continuous coaching is like, just make a log for like, 180 days of like, all the things you want to teach the employees, and just like, pick some things off. You know, like maybe one day whoever's running your DTG is like, hey, here's a all-made 50-50 blend shirt. Let's see how it DTGs. I know we're not supposed to DTG on on blended shirts, but let's give it a shot. Well, what do you think we should do? Should we pre-treat it a little more? Should we do a double strike on it? Let's learn through that. So the next time they get an order, they're like, oh, I'm confident I can do it that way. Right? And, you know, like we even practice building our online stores. We run tons of online stores. And it's like, hey, let's catalog this and see how it's gonna look and propose to the customer. I'm constantly throwing things at them as a trainual that's just like, here, try this out, try this out, try this out. And from the Starbucks method, think about how continuously they're going through training. Oh, there's new drinks coming out. Oh, we've got new training coming in. And for your employees, send them to different shows. Send them to classes, right? I sent my production manager to m and on Tuesday for an advanced printing class. And He was tickled coming home because I'm so motivated, I'm so energized, and I don't know how much he took away from it, but I was happy for him for continuing education. Now, um, in the management triangle, right, uh, you should not just say, oh, I'm gonna give this much of teach, this much of track, this much of inspiration, um, because you might seem one week that, hey, I really need to track today and hold someone accountable. Not a day to be, you know, like, they really dropped the ball this week, so it's a tracking meeting. And we're really, really, really going to hold them accountable, right? And so every week, you know, if you keep a little journal, you can say, okay, I really need to work on it with this and this this week. And if we continue, um, we'll see that the Starbucks, the Jimmy John's, those companies I talked about, that they're heavy on teach and inspiration, right? And um, if we talk a little bit about inspiration, that is the single thing that I think we all struggle with, right? That's why we started off with a positive um, because as a business owner, we are supposed to inspire our employees, um, but we don't think it's our responsibility to inspire our employees. But at the end of the day, some of these people, these kids, these adults, they spend more time in our business, in our family business, than they do at home with their kids. Right? They spend more time with us learning life skills than they do with their own friends. Right? And so every opportunity you can to inspire is one more opportunity to make that employee better. And you know the example that I have is I have two guys that started working for me a little bit. You know they love like Supreme, they're like shoe guys or whatever, um, and they're screen printing. And of course they come to me three after, three weeks after starting work and go, hey Stephen, we want to start a clothing line. <laughs> <laughs> of course you want to start a clothing line. Um, and you know I'm like, well you know you're going to need to download Adobe Illustrator and and you know you're going to need to you know practice and whatever. Well, they went home over the weekend, um, and they watched a bunch of YouTube videos. And what was cool on Monday is they came back and go, hey, yeah, and we watched a bunch of screen printing videos. That Ryan Moore guy's pretty cool. And I was like, whoa, cool. You watched screen printing videos, too, while you were learning Adobe? Sweet, right? And so it's not like I said, hey, your t-shirt line is, we're not, no, you're never going to make money. You're not going to do it. Do it, you know? And if, if that means I have to spend 30 minutes burning one screen so they can print their 10 shirts so they can never sell them, (laughs) fine. Fine. It makes their day and they're gonna come in early for me because I did that, right? And I believe that people work for you out of fear, love, and respect, right? And oftentimes uh, you expect respect without showing a little bit of love first, right? And actually like being passionate about them and being passionate about what they believe in, right? Even if it's not exactly what you believe in, that passion, um, that's how they'll eventually work for you. So let's talk a little bit about um, inspiration. And some of the best advice I've ever gotten is, when you're trying to inspire someone, make them come up with it, right? Make it come out of their mouths, right? And you do this in sales, you do this in management or whatever it is, it's ask, don't tell, okay? So whenever you want to tell someone something, turn it into a question. Right. And so if I want to tell my employee, look, you're pre-treating that poorly. That's, do you know if there's a better way for us to pre-treat that? And what does it make them do? It makes them stop and goes, is there a better way? Right. And the easy answer is telling them exactly what to do. No, you need to use, you know, a uh, dark pre-treat on here, or you need to set your tension at this and this and this and this. Right. But just like taking your time and asking them, and, and, and pulling it out of them, right? And so you ask them a question in a meeting, like, you know, what's something you're passionate about? And they say, well, I really want to start my t-shirt line. And I could say, yeah, that's kind of cool, or tell me more, tell me more? Yeah, tell me a little bit more about your t-shirt line. Well, we, you know, like this, and we want to sell to this, and we go to that. Well, is that something you've been doing for a long time, right? Okay. Well, I think that's really cool and you know, I hope the best and if there's any way I can help, let me know. Right? So every time you wanna say something, ask three or four questions and pull it out of them because they're going to feel, and you're, it's gonna be true, right? that you actually care about what, what's happening. And it could be the most remedial task in your shop. Ask them and put them in charge of, of doing those things and it coming out of their mouth. And a lot of the times I'm asking big picture questions. Right, i have one inside salesperson and you know if they do something and make a mistake i i ask them you know what are we going to do when we have 10 employees here and you're 10 employees here and you're in charge and they go what do you mean well we're growing this business right right and you're here now and if we're going to have 10 other employees we better get this straight and especially if you want to manage them and i go very big picture with them right and i do it with my students all the time i know you're only a sophomore and i know you've only learned adobe for this but like. What are you thinking about doing for your career? Like, do you like design? Are you good at it? Right, you could be a graphic designer for a small business over the summer and make Facebook ads. Really? Yeah, you could. So I think it's always important to go very, very big picture with your employees. And when you do that, turn it into a form of a question and get them to speak about it a little bit. Um, And finally, the last thing, and you'll see this slide in a lot of different places, is extreme optimism, right? Me and Bruce passed this slide off and we use it all the time back and forth. Um, But millennials hate Debbie Downers. They just, young people do not like negative attitudes. Right, like we're Buddy the Elf, okay? Like everything is great, okay? And uh, in our old shop, um, we were really, really on top of each other, we were in a small shop. When one person was down, it just affected everyone. And it affected the youngest person the most because they thought they did something wrong. And when I go into the shop, if I'm having a bad day or something, I kind of stay away from everyone because you know younger people like they they like flecked off each other and they're like, well, oh, did we do anything?" It's like, "No, you didn't do anything, just, you know whatever so as you as a leader in your business, you know extreme optimism, being super happy about everything, and if mistakes happen, turning them into an opportunity to grow and learn and and connect with them too so um that's pretty much all I have um i um I have a couple different things out there. I do a little bit of coaching, but I've kind of like turned that off because I should probably focus on my own business. Um, but I do have a website and an Instagram. Um, just launched that like the other day. So if you guys want to follow what I'm doing, um, a lot of my mentors and coaches are in this room that I go to regularly for advice, whether it's Mark or Rich or you know uh, Kevin, who is doing that stuff too. And so um, I, you know, I encourage all of you guys to reach out to them for help. They've been incredible for me, um, and I'll be kind of tracking my journey and stuff and doing it a little bit as I do on the Printable blog. So, if you guys have any questions, I'm happy to answer them. So, did you read the book, uh, Not Everybody Gets a Trophy? No. It's like exactly what you're talking about. So the talk that I really like, Simon Sinek did a talk on millennials. And he basically says like, don't be mad at them because like, they're a product of their environment kind of thing. Mark. So on one hand, it's like be extremely optimistic and no Debbie Downers. On the other hand, it's hold them accountable. Right. How do you hold them accountable for a negative experience? Right. And so that's where I think it's track, teach, inspire. Right. So I actually had in my notes, somehow Mark has a way of putting a crowbar under millennials, even with being super positive. You're able to hold us very accountable, like okay, that's cool, but why, right? Or how do you think that's really gonna work? And I think it's, you know, it's, it's being very thorough. It's starting very, very positive and, and believing in everything they have to say. And then cutting to it and saying like, you are affecting my business, right? And a lot of times when there's, when there's, when there's money issues or, or they mess up something that costs me money, I tell them right away, I, you are affecting my business and I really need it to stop. Are you gonna be able to make it stop because I'm trying to grow my business and I've chosen you to be part of my team? Right, so it's like, that's very tough love. But at the same time, it's like, yes, I'm going to do better. I don't know. Any other questions? What's up? How do you keep them off their phones? Uh, no phones. Say again for those in No phones. Ah! No <laughs> phones. Um, and another thing that Dalton, my production manager does, um, he says, uh, Hey, you can talk while you work, but if you can't multitask, shut up. And no phones means I don't want to see them. So in our production office, it's we have beautiful charging stations everywhere. You can charge them at the wall, you can clock out when you take a break, but they're just, just like, I see it on the cameras a lot, um, but they are distracted because it just buzzes. And then they're thinking in their head, like that's the dopamine right there, right? Like that's the little, the hit. And they're like, ah, crap, I got it, oh, can I, oh, all right, I'll clock out. You know, everyone, everyone in the company, and when we do our company retreats, it's put your phone in the bucket. Like, get the get like, like, even effect of having it out of there. And, you know, like, you can take it on your breaks, um, and we just, we just do it, you know. Uh, I thought about, you've kind of done that before as well, but one of our main kind of, communication with everyone in the shop, it's like a group, next question. Everyone has an iPad in the shop or a computer and we all are on Slack. So that's how we that's how we, we uh, Over, I guess yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the iPad makes sense. Yeah. So production guys, every production person has an iPad with their name labeled on it. Every office staff has a computer um, and Slack is on everything, so all company talk is on Slack. So do you block Facebook? On the company computers? Yeah. No. I mean they just iPad. what on the iPad? No, the iPads they just use for printable. I mean, they're getting like sure. yeah Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. That's a good question though. I should probably block it, right? No, that'd be a bad boss I mean like look we like I show them cool things, you know, it's 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 more just like we don't want to see it um, But none of them have Facebook logged in actually on all the iPads. It's the same iCloud so it's like one access like they don't even get like a Chrome browser, they have like three buttons on there that they do, so. what do you do about music then? Uh, they rotate who gets to pick their music. So we have a, I got them Spotify Premium, Office has it, Production has it, Family Plan, um, and then they get to uh, pick, so. What? I do not Warcraft. <laughs> um, I don't have, uh, World of Warcraft? <laughs> if World of Warcraft's installed on my company computer, there's going to be problems, like... <laughs> I, I don't know, like... <laughs> Any other questions? So, their metric is to take pictures, yet they don't have their phone, um, and They have an iPhone for the shop, or an iPad. Everything's company so, issue. So, oh, gotcha, yeah, okay. yeah. So, don't use your own devices in my shop, basically. Okay. Yeah. And you know what? Like I spent two grand to buy them all—the proper stuff. Like I didn't cheap out. I got them nice iPads. They have a nice phone to take pictures and everything like that. You know, they just know it's for work. Yeah. What are some of the other games you play to kind of incentivize motivation? <coughs> Fortnite. Keep it um, Time's up. We play Fortnite. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, like for instance, for every, we bag and tag a lot of orders and bag and tag has to be done very precisely for online stores because if you flip something, the whole order's messed up. So the guy in charge of bag and tag, he gets $3 for every positive bag and tag that gets shipped out on time as a like, bulk order. So he has to hit hard dates because there's shipping locations and all that and you know it turns into 300 or 400 bucks when we're busy and all the jobs are done correctly. So, they all, the one thing we do with the games or whatever, they have to track them themselves because, like, I'm not going to be able to track them. I don't have time to do it. So, everything you instill, they have to track it and then you go over it at their meeting. So, yeah. Any other questions? Thanks so much, everyone.